Hello, 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 amazing, amazing people. This is Catherine Laranger with My Dead Dragon, and I wanted to extend a very special invitation to you for my live full day virtual vision ignition immersion event that's happening on October 16th, 2021. And one of the first steps in becoming the heroine and main character of your life is figuring out what's important to you, what that dream is that's seeking to emerge and what this one precious life is inviting you to become. And that's what this day is all about. It's about supporting you in creating that authentic vision for what you would love your life to look like and sharing tools and tips and little known strategies to help you get there. So registration is now open and you can find the link in my show notes and through my social media accounts. And I am so excited to see you there on October 16th. Hello, everyone, beautiful human beings. Welcome to My Dead Dragon. This is Catherine Laranger, your host, and I am joined today by a fellow Canadian, Tanasha Smith, out of Toronto. Or Toronto. And Tanasha is the principal social worker at Mastery of Self in Canada. And she provides counseling services to individuals, couples, families, youth, and seniors. And her greatest passion is to bring healing to people who have been through traumatic or stressful experiences. The goal for her clients is to help guide them into a healthy perception of themselves and strengthen their relationships with themselves as peaceful, gifted, wholesome beings. Tanasha emphasizes the importance of self-care and consistency that the transformation begins when the work on the self is applied daily. And she believes that letting go of the past takes time to unpack just as there isn't a one-way approach that fits for everyone. With over 15 years of experience supporting youth and young adults, her goal is to guide her clients to believe that self-worth is the power to strive to be their best selves. Tanasha, who is the author of Once Broken, wrote the book to encourage her clients to believe that they have the power to change their narrative. And Tanasha, such a such a powerful, significant way of, of working with people and, and of really um, supporting them in, in their transformation. And so I'm excited to hear about that. And I'm also really curious about your story. And, and you know, what did that look like for you to, to wake up and realize that you were the heroine of your own life and the main character in your story? Well, Catherine, I have many dead dragons. Um, (laughs) A herd of dragons, a gaggle of dragons. (laughs) (laughs) A a lot of them. Uh, I would say that when my my first awakening would be walking into my college psychology class and recognizing the difference with myself and my family. And what I've always known to be true and didn't believe because I didn't think it was real, the thoughts that would tell me that I am different Mm. and that what is happening is a cycle. Mm. Um, Going to college, I realized I wanted my father's love, Mm -hmm. my mother's approval. Mm. And it was when I started college, I realized that 
I'm never going to get it. Hmm. I won't get it. And I need wow. to make up my mind that it's never going to happen. When I started college, I was already a young mom. Hmm. Uh, my son is about three years old. Mm-hmm. I'm still with his father, who's my husband today. And um, so going through college and realizing, you know, I'm taking social service worker. Mm-hmm. And what I'm very passionate about is working with people and realizing, okay, I got to do some work on me. I need mm-hmm. to see what's, what's going on in me that I need to also rectify. But I was afraid to ask for help mm-hmm. because I was taught that help is not real and help cannot uh, be trusted. Uh, so here I am walking into a profession that I'm going to be available to help others, but I'm not going to be willing to ask for help myself. Hmm. And so that, that was my, my first dragon was just coming to, um, coming to the belief and understanding that my mother and father will not be my biggest supporters and letting it go. And it was hard. So how were you able to let it go? Like, I'm so curious, because I think in that moment, right, we and and I can certainly relate to that where there's that realization. Oh, right. Like, first of all, like, I've got this pattern where I'm seeking approval and love to even Mm -hmm. recognize that that's a thing that's happening. And then realizing I'm probably not going to get it. Yeah. And so then in that in that moment, there's a choice. So okay, so I'm going to escalate the behavior to try to get the approval and the love, right? That's one way I could go, or Mm -hmm. I could go in a different direction. So in that moment, how were you able to make the choice to to move in that direction of of self empowerment, as opposed to, I'll just try harder? Well, it, it wasn't easy, because Mm -hmm. Trying harder did come at some times. I'm like, okay, I'll try again. Mm. (laughs) Even though she's pushed me away and let me feel like I'm nothing, I'll try again. Mm. And it was the lessons that I was learning in class. Ah. And the theories that I was learning in class, the generational cycles, Mm. and how we become so dependent on the very thing that we are are needing, that void that we are not willing to fill. And so even though I walked away from it, I focused more on my siblings because I am the first child of nine Mm. girls. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Eldest child. Same. (laughs) And so what that did now, I said, okay, I won't focus on her attention, but I will start to be the most amazing big sister that I can be. And that was just bringing myself into a deeper hole. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. right? Speak approval. Right. Yeah, yeah. And um, so recognizing and, and that I couldn't go any further was also um, remembering where my parents were at mentally hmm. and their capacity of hmm. what they are carrying and their mindset. Hmm. So my mother not finishing high school hmm. and coming to Canada at a very young age, knowing her story being the only girl and had older brothers, but she did not find that love. She was also abused by my father. Mm. So she's carrying a lot of weight. And then my father, who is the eldest of his um, parents, not having a connection with his mother, Mm. and then suffering with um, drug abuse. Mm. 
So I'm now going into class to college and I'm learning all about these great things, but I'm also filling myself with some resources because I had to be a parent to myself, Mm -hmm. right? Even though I had my grandparents around me, I had to teach me and unlearn the things that I've learned. So Oprah was my (laughs) go-to. So when she had her guests come on and they were learning different things, and one of my favorite guests with Oprah was Ileana Van Zandt, Mm. who went through a lot, Mm -hmm. and she wrote many books. So I kept... I, I relate. I, I use my life experience to those that I can relate to, yeah. And grew from their mistakes and their pain, so that I can rebuild a new me. Mm. And that took some time. Oh yes. Oh it took yes. Some time because yeah. what we have learned and adapt to to know what was best for us, we eventually repeat until we start to realize that it's not feeding us mm-hmm. a good. It's, it's not feeding us anything good for us to use mm-hmm. for ourselves and others that, are, that we love. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that yeah. my first dragon is letting go of mom and daddy issues, but it did not just happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It happened with me applying my work. And the only work I knew how to do was journal mm-hmm. because I wasn't one to speak about my problems. So I would journal all my emotions Mm-hmm. And I I just started that when I was about 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And then it was ripped away from me when I was 15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And so my second dragon, I would say, I'll say second dragon based on age, yeah. was um, having to overcome my, sexual, my six years of sexual abuse of mm-hmm. my mother's boyfriend. Ah, uh, yeah. And so that dragon was with me for a very long time. Mm-hmm. My self-esteem, my self-confidence, my self-worth, mm-hmm. um, depression, anxiety. Yeah. And not even understanding what all of that meant. Mm-hmm. And having to face myself and not see myself. So I would mm. make sure that I'm available for everybody and anybody. Mm. And not available for me. Didn't know how to ask for help. Yeah. And when I did, I didn't trust it. And and I'm guessing not even knowing what available to yourself would even look like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like even available that. to me, like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. And so that, that dragon, I would say, would be the biggest dragon, even though I didn't have my mom and my father's support. Mm. Um, that dragon ripped me to the core that I had no idea yeah how deep yeah that dragon was i was carrying that dragon yeah with me i didn't do it to myself yeah but then i i blamed myself yeah which is such right. a such a common response right yes. when, when you've experienced and survived something like that to go to shame and feeling like well i must have done something to deserve this or right. you know why did this happen to me and why didn't my parents protect me or why didn't they believe me mm-hmm. and and for yeah. you know for for children for young adults for 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 people even adults experiencing abuse knowing that if you feel that sense of shame and guilt and responsibility that it's not your fault right it's not your fault you did not do anything to deserve that yes and as you mentioned that when um when all when everything was 
um, when my boyfriend had released the story to my father and everyone knew my mother didn't believe me mm. and majority of the family didn't believe me but my grandfather was the person that I would call at school when I would have anxiety attacks in class and not even know that I was having anxiety attack when I wanted to just burst out in tears because before the secret was out I could pretend that I was okay Mm. Now I can't pretend that I'm okay. Yeah. And so I remember calling him when pay phones were a thing. Yeah, I remember those <laughs> days. <laughs> and I couldn't bear the pain and I called him and I cried and he said, it's okay. Mm. But I want you to remember this for me, that what happened to you wasn't your fault. And any time that you are asked about how you lost your virginity, I want you to tell them exactly what took place. Because the more you share your story, mm. you will now believe that it is not your fault. Mm. And in that moment, I was like, what? What are you saying? I was 16. What are you saying yeah. to me? Right? What do you mean it's not my fault? And it's after my grandfather passed away is when I started to realize the importance of that message. Mm. And so that message lives inside of me every day. To share my story because yeah. where it had me, I could have still been there today. I could still be depressed. I couldn't have finished my bachelor's and my master's degree to be who I am because even throughout that process, I was telling myself that I was stupid because I heard my mother tell me that I was. Mm-hmm. I was telling myself I was undeserving because my father told me I was worthless. I could have told myself to just give it up because it's not even worth it. No one cares if you're doing this anyway. Mm-hmm. No one's going to cheer you on. And at that point, I had my own children to tell me that I was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the more we keep doing the work, mm-hmm. we do the work. But are we believing in the work that we are doing? Yeah, which it's a whole other level, right? Yeah. When we... You know, you know, and I think when we start the work, there's this, um, it's kind of at an intellectual or cognitive, there's this distrust. Think about like yeah. a, a feral cat, like, right? Like, can't right. doing the work, but like, like, I don't believe that this is good. <laughs> yes. I don't believe it, right? Yeah. I'm doing it, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm afraid I'm, I'm, yes. I'm protecting myself. And, and really, truly, this is what I see with with coaching as well is that, yeah. You know, as we stay in the work, as we learn to trust the process, learn to trust ourselves, yes, we experience it in a whole different way, a deeper oh, way. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. And I love that, you know, Tanasha, that you shared the the choice that you made. So recognizing that my parents couldn't show up for me in the way that we hope that all parents can show up for their children right? and and really developing that compassion for their experience and their story and that they're, you know, they're showing up as best they know how. Yeah. And so it's up to me to actually learn how to parent myself Mm -hmm. and, and for everyone listening that this is actually a thing you can do is, is to say, okay, well, if I was a child and I was my parent, how would I interact with myself? Right. What messages would I give myself? Definitely. 
Yeah. And as, as you say that, it just brings me to um, the amount of times that I fell, the amount of times I was in depression, the amount of times I had mm-hmm. suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. and wanted to just give it all up, just throw it, throw it away. And I, I would say I hit rock bottom when my stepbrother, because my mom was married and well, she still is. And so the husband had two children, a son and a daughter. And the son was murdered. Hmm. And he was uh, murdered based on being in a uh, bad area hmm. where gangs were retaliating and he was in crossfire, hmm. 15 years old. Oh. And at that point, Catherine, I had none of my family speaking to me. And this is on the news. And I had oh. to tell myself, I have to make a choice. It's either I'm going to ignore it, which I couldn't, yeah. because that's not who I am and that's not yeah. how it was built, or I'm going to walk in and help my family. And it was because of his death, his murder, I decided I needed to finish my work. Mm. And you know, self, self-work does not come to an end, but there's different seasons. Yeah. And there's a sense to the different seasons that we overcome, we develop, we grow out of, and we now adapt a new way. Mm-hmm. And we build a new self all the time. Mm-hmm. And so when I had to grieve him, that was when I actually started doing the work to unpack the abuse my father did on my mom, mm-hmm. the, the abuse of me having to be um, exposed to sexual abuse and sexual assault at the age mm-hmm. of six years old. Mm. The the anxiety, the panic attacks, yeah. um, the self hatred and sabotage that I did, did to myself, and when I was in that, oh, I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> Maybe just call it another dead dra- a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> but when I was in that hole, that despair, I remember reaching out to a coworker, and. It was a male and he said, I knew something was up with you Mm. because as much as you pour out to others, you're so selfless that you're not looking for nothing in return. Mm. But what I want you to do and start practicing is speaking life back in yourself Mm. because you've spoken life into so many people. Yeah. You need to speak it into yourself. And Catherine, it was so hard. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. And I would get up every day and I would look in the mirror and I would speak to Tanasha. And the moment I opened my mouth, I would just cry. Yeah. Nothing yeah. couldn't come out. Yeah. And so I didn't stop. I just kept going. And every yeah. morning I would stand up in front of the mirror and I didn't I didn't even like what I saw. Mm-hmm. People would tell me all the time, you are so beautiful. And I couldn't accept that because I didn't think I was beautiful because why did they abuse me if I was beautiful? Mm. I must have been ugly. Mm. Something mm. to use and abuse, right? Yeah. And so the lies yeah. that we tell ourselves and then believe them, Yeah. yeah. the work yeah. we have to do to undo those lies takes a long time. But it's possible. It's totally so, possible. Yeah. That dead dragon 
when I defeated that dragon was speaking life into myself, mm-hmm. telling myself that I am more than deserving, that that I may think and I need to believe in the beauty and the beauty that I see in myself and the beauty that I am. Mm-hmm. I need to believe in the God-given gifts that I have because mm-hmm. what I have is to be shared, right? And so mm-hmm. I started to write again and the more I spoke into myself, the more I started to feel joy mm-hmm. because when we're not willing to heal, that means we're not willing to feel. Mm-hmm. So when I started to feel, mm-hmm. my healing started to just rapidly start to just grow and yeah. develop and transform. Yeah, that's so true that, you know, the experiences that we have, and especially as as a, you know, at all ages, but especially as a child or a young person, we don't know how to process those. We don't have the skills. We're just not developmentally at a level where we really know how to understand and process that. And so to make sense of the world, the tendency can be to blame ourselves because it's not safe to, to, to recognize that maybe our caregivers are not safe or that the world is not safe. So it's, you know, from a psychological perspective, it's, it, it does less harm for a small person to blame themselves and think that they're wrong rather than the world is wrong. Yes. And, and when we do that, then those experiences, those emotions that we suppress, those traumas, those, you know, whatever it is that's happening, they get stored in our body. Yes. As it, as emotion, as energy, mm-hmm. as as feelings. And so as we start our healing journey, it can be so common and normal to yeah. actually have all of the feelings come up. And, and to think like, holy crap balls, like, what is this about, right? I just want to feel better. I don't want to feel this stuff. I, feel this, yeah. I don't want to feel this. Yeah. And so for people listening, knowing that as you feel it, you release it. Yes. And you will actually get to a point where it's not coming up in the same way. So it's that trusting the process. Right. And as you feel it, you release it, you actually create space in your body and your psyche and your soul for mm-hmm. your true expression to emerge and for healing yes. to occur. Definitely, definitely. I, I, I will continue to always share my mm-hmm. stories because um, the more we hear the me too's. Yeah. Oh, it, it does something to us. Yeah. Because when we're going through, we think we're the only person on the planet that hasn't yeah. been affected that way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and and so I love working with youth. Mm. I love working with youth because when I was a youth, I didn't have someone like me. Mm. I didn't have someone to comfort me and let me know. Yeah. That it's going to be okay. And yeah. you're going to get over this. Believe me. Yeah. I didn't have no one that experienced something even close to what I was experiencing mm. to make me feel that I was a somebody. Yeah. And so going to school, none of my friends knew what, what, I, what I was going through. Mm. And I know if, you know, some of my, my schoolmates were to hear the story, they, it would blow their mind to know. Mm. And but the teachers also make an impact in our mm. in our children's life. Mm-hmm. And I had one, one teacher, and um, I reconnected with her about seven years ago. Aww. I kept her card. Yeah. Um, she gave me a graduation card, 
and I sent her a picture of the card. And she, what, what warmed my heart was the fact that she was able to describe me to a T and that she remembers my outfit on graduation day. Oh, wow. And I then shared with her what I was going through. We met up at Starbucks. She cried. She said, I wish you had told me. I wish I would have been there. And I said, I know you would, but you were there. Yeah. You made me feel like I was magical when I was sitting in your class. Mm-hmm. You made me feel you made me feel that I was heard and seen. Mm-hmm. Something that I was not feeling at home. And so that was the mentality growing up. You're to be seen and not heard. Yeah. But sitting in her classroom she saw me hmm. and so that and, and it's those little those little miracles along the journey that gave me hope to just hold on yeah I wanted to run away from home but I didn't know where I want to run away to yeah. <laughs> right yeah. I wanted to escape and I wanted to kill myself but I didn't know how was I going to plan that out how do mm-hmm. I do this do I draw it out but I had a narrative that I held on to. Hmm. I was 12 years old and I had a dream that I wanted to, I had a dream of me sitting behind this beautiful desk. It was brown with oak and marble. My chair was just top notch leather seat. I had couches and I, the lights were just beautiful in the room and it was cozy. And at the time, whichever boy that I had a crush on, that was my last name. And so at the time, I had this crush on this Italian boy, <laughs> my neighbor, who was Andrew Shida. And so in the dream, my best friend who was sitting at the table at the at this reception called me. She goes, Mrs. Shida, your, your next client is here. Um, and I said, no worries. I'm just finishing up. And I had a male in front of me who was just weeping and I was telling him it's all going to be okay. And he's like, I know you're amazing. And I'm just like, and in the dream, I'm even asking myself, what did I do? <laughs> right? Why am I amazing? And so I woke up from this dream and I taught my grandfather and he said, well, it's two things. It's either you're um, a psychologist or a shrink. And I was just like, at 12 years old, I'm like, what is that? That don't sound fun, right? Yeah. But I went and did the research and I didn't look, I looked up shrink, psychologist, same thing. Mm-hmm. But one thing I did realize I wasn't going to give up medication. I didn't want to be that kind of person. Mm-hmm. I wanted to help people from what I know. Mm-hmm. And when the librarian to- told me that, well, there's other different people that help people. There's different roles. And she said, there's social worker, there's counselor. And I said, social worker, what is that? That, in the library back then, there was no computer. The library had a computer. We had to go search the book, right? <laughs> with, and so with I the, it, like pull out cards, yeah, right? The index cards. cards. Yeah. Oh yeah, it took time. <laughs> and she helped me, and I sat there at my lunchtime, my hour, and I just read up on social worker, and I said, "This is it. This is where I want to be." Hmm. And within a couple of weeks sitting in a in a class and a teacher asking what do you want to be and I said I want to be a social worker and now we're told to tell the guidance teacher who we want to be so that they can set up our our timetable only for my guidance teacher who I trusted and told what I was going through to tell me that you can't be a social worker pick wow. something else yeah wow so the dream was there but then it was also told that I couldn't be because he doesn't think I had the ability to be a social worker. Mm. So here I am carrying the dream and the image 
and also carrying the one person I trusted in school to tell me that I wasn't able to be that person. But I held on to that narrative, Catherine, and today I'm living it. I'm sitting in my office Mm -hmm. (laughs) where I do counseling, and um, I never thought that I would get here. So how did you hold on to that part of you that knew? Every time I wanted to give up, I kept saying, then how are you going to know if you're going to be that social worker if you Mm. die today? If you run away and become a bum on the street, Mm -hmm. just give up on life, what happens to that dream? Mm. So every time that I gave up, and I gave up even after having my children because postpartum, oh, that was almost another killer. That was another dragon I had to to defeat because I didn't do the work. Mm. And so I didn't think my children were deserving to have to have a mother like me because I'm yeah. I'm abused. I'm I'm yeah. used. I'm not deserving to yeah. be your mom. Yeah. Right? And so I kept holding on. Every time I wanted to give up, remember you want to be that social worker that have your own office. Mm. If you give up now, you're never gonna see that dream. Mm. I heard a great expression that our pain becomes our purpose. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that we really can, I, I know that every challenge, every adversity, every difficult thing that we've experienced has gold for us. If we're willing to look at it with that lens. Yes. Right. So we can, and, and not to dismiss the, 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 the life events, the content that we experience. And we have a choice about the story that we're going to tell ourselves. Yeah. And as we as we notice the story that we're telling ourselves, the narrative, as as you as you mentioned, we then can start to choose to tell a different story. Yes. Yeah. And that's exactly what I started to do. Yeah. Every season that I conquered and overcame, I started to tell a different story. And started to believe my truth. Hmm. And so looking back, Tanasha, what were, you know, what were some of the biggest challenges for you in really staying connected to that truth in staying connected to that part of you that had that dream to be a social worker, that part of you that had had like birthed this into existence as a 12 was it a 12 year old having that dream how did you stay connected and what were the challenges in maintaining that connection to yourself i i I think the the biggest um i would say myself i believe that we block ourselves Mm -hmm. from our destiny Mm -hmm. and our purpose and so i was blocking myself consistently because i didn't want to believe the triggers that were bothering me along the journey. Mm. So I would have panic attacks and say, oh, it's because of something else. I would have bad dreams. Oh, just get over it. It's a dream. And I would ignore what it was doing to my body and kept doing for others. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that when I was broken, as much as I gave a listening ear to everyone else, there was no one there to listen to me. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, and I started to believe 
am I even human? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Am I not deserving to someone to listen to me? Yeah. I'm always listening to everyone else. So when I realized that I was dropping myself, my life, my worth Mm. to save everyone and no one was coming to save me, I said, enough of this shit. That's it. it. Yeah. I am done. And it took a lot of, it took a lot of reoccurring events of the exact same theme mm-hmm. for me to wake up. Mm-hmm. So when I was ignored by my husband, when he couldn't in, he couldn't um, connect with my emotions because he didn't know how. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to deal with this. This is too much for him. Mm-hmm. And so instead of saying, I don't know how to deal with it, he would run or just make sure he wasn't available. Mm-hmm. My best friend of over 30-some years... I would run to her and save her. And the moment I said to her, I feel like ending my life, instead of her calling me and coming to me, she just avoided everything altogether. Hmm. Um, Having to open up to uh, another friend of mine who stopped me in tracks. There's always one. There's always one friend. And he said, you need to get out the house. And you need to do something for yourself. I don't mm-hmm. care if you cry until the day the, the day ends, or buy yourself something to eat that makes you feel good. But you need to get out of this now. Mm-hmm. You got too much to offer this world mm-hmm. to allow the depression and anxiety and the hurt to continue to pull you back into that hole. Mm-hmm. And so every time I felt to give up because I just would not believe in myself. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't oh, believe yeah. in everything that people told me who I was. I wouldn't believe that the skill set that I had been birthed into this world to do, that I was capable of doing it. And even though I was going after the dream of being a social worker, I would get A's and didn't believe the A's. I would mm-hmm. say, oh, the teacher just felt sorry for me and gave it to me. Mm-hmm. So I'd find excuses instead of believing in the reality of what it was yeah. and standing in it. Yeah. Owning it. And so when I started to do that, that's when I found me. Hmm. And so that that standing in it, that owning in it, really, I heard you say the journaling and yes. mirror work, like yeah. standing in front of the mirror and trying to say I love you or trying to say nice things. Yeah. And that can be incredibly challenging when we've had a yeah. lifetime of telling ourselves the opposite. Oh, yes. Yeah. And and sticking with it, sticking with it, making that choice, deciding, okay. Consistency is key. Yeah. Consistency absolutely is key. Absolutely is key. It is. Yeah. And so, Tanasha, if you could look back to that young girl, yourself, and if you could give her a message, if you could let her know something what would that be? Well, that was part of my journey. So the first thing I'm going to do is grab her and hug her mm. before I speak to that 12-year-old girl and let her know that you are going to be the most amazing woman. Mm. And you're going to help transform so many lives that you need to keep going. Because at the end of the tunnel, not only is there the light, there's a rainbow, there is sunshine, 
Mm. There's a beach. There is so much waiting for you to mm. enjoy. Mm. Yeah. It's just to embrace the love of what I thought I wasn't deserving of. Yeah. The hugging her is, is the most profound. Yeah. Because the hug is the comforting that she needed yeah. for the journey to just know that I got you. Yeah. 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 And I I love that on our healing journey, we can do that for ourselves right now. Yes. We can connect with that part of ourselves and yes. give her that hug. Yeah. We need to understand what everything that we need, we have it. Mm-hmm. We just need to trust that we do. Yeah. And that we deserve it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> So any, before we kind of bring it in for a landing, is there anything else you'd want to share with the people listening or a message that you would want someone to hear? Knowing that if this resonates for you, that this is the right and perfect message for you to receive. Well, because I've been sexually abused and experienced a lot of trauma, it's in, in in the clinical term, it would be complex trauma. Mm. <laughs> and so those who have experienced any pain, because trauma is trauma, mm-hmm. pain is pain, and we can all relate to pain. Mm-hmm. I would encourage you to do the life work that is needed so that you can be your best self. Mm. Because life has so much to offer us that it is not, it's, it's not even worth waiting and pondering on the past it doesn't matter the more we sit and ponder and allow the past to fester inside of us we become bitter beings Mm. unhappy beings Mm. and if you want that to end like you said Catherine nobody can come in to save you yeah no one is saving you you have to save yourself by doing the life work and be intentional Mm. And be committed Mm. because not only is your health depending on you, your body, your spirit, your mind depends on you every day. Mm. So self-care first and most always, if we're not putting ourselves as a priority, then what does, what does it mean to put someone else before you? It means nothing. Mm -hmm. You come first because if you ain't got you, you ain't got nothing. Yeah. That's why they tell us, put your oxygen mask on first. You can't help anybody else if you're, yes. right? If you're suffocating, yeah. if you're drowning, if you're empty. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Do the work. It's so worth it. It's yeah. worth every hour, every minute of the day. Yeah. We are worth everything we believe and want for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, are, we, we can have all that we dream of. We can manifest anything that we desire and receive it and it's truly possible for everyone everyone is deserving everyone is worthy everyone is enough just as they are yes yeah 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 well thank you so much tanasha and um for the listeners i will have tanasha's info as always in the show notes including a link to her 
book, uh, Once Broken, where you can hear her story and learn more about how you can shift your life. And so as always, thank you for tuning in. I love hearing from you what resonated for you. I I get messages, it just it makes my day. And so reach out um, and like and subscribe to the channel um, and my YouTube channel and have a phenomenal day. Thank you.